Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the 15th place finisher of Nexus Park, Brendan, about a rough pre-merge and doing challenges while inebriated. The first couple of seconds, uh, the first few seconds of my recording with Brendan were a little, uh, I was unable to salvage a few of the early seconds in my recording with Brendan. However, uh, we're going to pick up right after I have asked him uh, how he got into Survivor and what drew him to the game itself. So here it is. I'm joined today by the 15th place finisher of Nexus Park, the fourth person eliminated, Brendan. I know you're a big fan of the show. You've watched all the seasons. You said in your application that you'd seen uh, every season, not even limited to uh, the ones stateside, but also a lot of the international ones as well. So please tell me how you got into Survivor, what, you know, led you to the show. Watch with my dad. And then I kind of stopped watching maybe after season three. And then the pandemic hit and there was nothing really else to do. Um, ran out of shows to watch. I was like, oh, I guess I'll just watch Survivor. So I binged through all of the seasons during the pandemic um, and found like a new passion for it, I guess. Started watching pretty religiously and getting on all like the Reddit forums and stuff and nerding out about it way too much. <laughs> uh, is there any, I don't know, component of it that you kind of are drawn to more than anything else? I think it's just the social dynamic of it. I think it's really interesting to see how people when you know, they're starved they have nowhere to escape and how the social dynamics work out from the game. And part of that is also a strategy, um, especially when you haven't seen a season before, definitely trying to like predict how the season's going to end up trying to pick out um, who's going to be the winner. Um, I don't really do edgex uh, because I think that's a little bit too much for me, but when I watch a season for the first time, I definitely have a few favorites in mind. Um, and then on rewatches, just kind of trying to pick up, little things in the game that made a huge difference that you might not have noticed the first time. Yeah. Uh, I think I haven't done a ton of rewatching, but I, um, I've listened to a lot of, uh, Rob has a podcast stuff mm -hmm. on older seasons. Um, that's, it's, it's crazy, you know, to think about just how much you kind of probably glossed over watching each season the first time. And, interactions and things people said and so and so forth that mattered so much in the uh... yeah definitely. especially if you do listen to rob has a podcast once you get some player insight and then watching that season again mm -hmm. and kind of understanding why they made certain decisions or why certain people were outcasted a little bit more than others mm -hmm. is interesting yeah and i think it's interesting um you know diving deeper into what happens behind the scenes and stuff that you don't get to see because I, I know when I was first watching my assumption was that everything that was everything that was happening was getting shown to us obviously edited and condensed but like you know I, I didn't think I, I didn't think really how much how many creative liberties would be taken in the editing process and what we get to see oh, and definitely. 
Yeah, and like you can find oh. so many articles from players telling you about like all this stuff that went on that you never got to see on the show. Like people telling you, I, I remember recall hearing some or reading some articles about players who had found idols that never even make it onto the show. And like, you know, I don't know how accurate any of it is, but like the, yeah. the fact that it could have happened is like crazy that they wouldn't include something like that. Yeah. Like spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the season with poverty yet, but she was on exile Island and mm -hmm. uh, found an idol there that never got shown. And I'm pretty sure in Omar season, he found like a, he saw, he found some sort of advantage that didn't end up mattering. So they never showed it. Yeah. And so, which is fascinating just from a getting it from, you know, when it actually happens to us seeing it as viewers. Mm -hmm. But similarly, like I, when I started watching the show, you know, on a weekly basis, um, part of it was also running a fantasy game with my friends who are watching it. And so I find out like, oh man, that's you know, five points I could have had if I had had that player yeah. or, you know, that sort of thing. Like, why wouldn't they show us? Um, like, I know, like, they, you know, when the, I know more recently, they they cut out a lot of reward challenges uh, in the episodes that never make it to us and things yeah. of that nature. Um, and it so, also, go ahead. it also seems like um, they, they're really trying to push away from people using edges to make the winner less predictable. Mm -hmm. Which I think is kind of good for Survivor in a way, um, but it's it that's a tricky one, uh, at least from uh, yeah I don't uh, personally I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you I don't do the edic I don't follow it I don't even in orgs I'm not really uh, very on top of that sort of thing, um, but I I think that is the one thing that they've been trying I think to improve and and maybe not improve necessarily, but like change their approach to is the editing and how they present the players earlier in the season to make mm -hmm. it less obvious, which is a good yeah. thing for sure. Yeah, it's definitely more balanced, it seems like, in this newer era for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, editing and, and the filter of seeing the show versus what actually is happening on the island is is a definitely distills the game in a way that when you're playing or hosting an org you don't get that same experience you get everybody everybody most orgs at least you can see what everybody's doing for 24 hours seven days a week um depending on you know how they're set up and where the dm channels are and that sort of thing uh which yeah. is very very yes. different and um it took me a while to kind of get used to having so much access, I guess. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's almost like when you're watching an org, it's almost like watching a Big Brother live feed. Yes, yes. Where just everything is very unfiltered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it. I think it it does the same. It does the um the thing that the show does, where you know you'll go back watch it, see things that you didn't realize were important. But like to the extreme, because now you've got obviously everything that's important is available to you. But now there's also like twice as much important stuff is important or unimportant rather that right. isn't going to matter whatsoever. And now you have to sift through all of that crap as well. <laughs> when you're not hosting or playing, do you watch or do you like spectate orgs often or is I it kind of just overwhelming? I generally don't. 
Um, every once in a while, I will. Uh, I've watched stuff that, or at least, I, I wouldn't say I ever really watch an org like actively, but I will keep up with them if Mag asks me to watch it or or somebody else does the something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Where, I mean, I'll join an org and support a friend and mm -hmm. like you know like be in spec chat for a little while it does get old though it's very exciting at first watching a friend play but it gets it gets too much to keep up with yes yes i yeah I, you know i i do it for alliance of course mm -hmm. you know, i keep up with absolutely everything because i have to and <laughs> the the notion of trying to do that anywhere else on either especially like during a season or very close to when a season happens no no chance um yeah but even like now during the off season it's just like i feel like it's such an investment of my time and not that that's a bad thing because like obviously we have a lot of viewers who do that in alliance and like it's great but i don't it's just so much that's there's just so much to to keep up with and read even on a season with that has people who aren't like bird and darcy and and the like it's yeah yeah well i think i think that's part of the reason why alliance has such dedicated viewers is because it's honestly one of the best put together orgs i've ever seen where it's unique challenges and a great job with casting so i think that leads a lot to people wanting to spectate alliance compared to some other orgs that are a little bit choppier um not as refined and their casting is basically what they could get at the time well thank you i appreciate that um so you all you you mentioned in your application that you'd played about 30 orgs at the time that nexus park started a year and a half yeah. ago yeah probably about that um <laughs> so me me and my friend were doing a podcast around that time or a little bit before that um and we were interviewing survivor players and then after one interview he messaged me he's like hey have you ever heard of orgs before and i was like no he's like well they're on discord basically you like simulate a survivor season <laughs> he's like do you want to play one with me and i was like sure why not um so we joined this org and i think he found it on reddit or something and it was one of the most poorly put together orgs ever <sighs> there was one vote and it was like final nine or something like that where no one was voted out because everyone had an idol or an advantage <laughs> it was just so all over the place oh wow uh but then i met a friend there and he's like that org was shit do you want to play like an actual one and i was like yeah okay <laughs> so then i played like a legitimate org that was actually well put together and started meeting people and like jumping to different communities and overlapping um so like for the first couple of months i was playing orgs i was way too invested in them playing like multiple at a time um because it was my first time like working from home and i had so much free time i was like okay might as well do this and then uh, i started slowing down and just started doing either like one org at a time or taking a couple months off and started be started being less competitive about them and just trying to have more fun when did you uh, transition into hosting? Um, a little bit before I played Alliance. Um, I wasn't fully hosting. I was more on prod. Hmm. 
Uh, so just trying to help out with a few other people. Um, and then I was just kind of like, I was more just like keeping an eye on things, interacting in confessionals and stuff like that, and kind of trying to learn bots. Um, and then a couple months after Alliance, I did one survivor season and realized I hated being a full-time host. <laughs> How come? Um, well, I had two other production members and they just disappeared like Ooh. two challenges into the season. So I was basically doing it by myself and it was just a lot to keep up with. Yeah. Uh, so I got burnt out really fast and that's about when I started Bren Master, which is, which I thought would be like a fun break for people who are, who are kind of burnt out on survivor big brother orgs and they could just have like a fun little two week things of submitting quirky little videos of random tasks that normally don't make any sense, but you have to make them make sense. <laughs> yes. Neat. No, yeah, I've seen, uh, what is it? Um, Meg has shown me a few things uh, from Brennmaster that I think Cheese and, and Huntress were involved in um, more recently. Uh, yeah. That was really fun. Um, no, yeah, I, I've con I've been a very big uh, fan of more. I don't know, how to, not untraditional. Like, what's that? Like untraditional orgs. Yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I was mostly more heading toward like um, shorter and and more and briefer, less invested type of scenarios that, like mm -hmm. you said, aren't going to cost you like a full month of your time, uh, the way big brother and survivor might uh yeah, yeah i think that those, I started those... playing... sorry no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i started doing sequesters every now and then or it's just like one night of chaos <laughs> votes votes last like eight minutes and there's a different <laughs> twist every single time which makes people either safe or immune or uh safe or like vulnerable for votes out and it's so chaotic it's all on video. It's a ton of fun, but like it starts with like 20 people and only four people can be in a room. So you have to jump around rooms a ton. It's just chaos. <laughs> yes. Yes. That there's, I, I, I feel like I don't hear as much about those types of orgs, those shorter, you know, less at lower, lower investment level types of things. And I feel like I should, I feel like they're, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, people get burned out constantly playing these games and probably wouldn't if they lasted four hours five hours six hours yeah um, things like that um all right so uh let's see so you ended up hearing about us from squirrel it looks like yeah um so i actually met cheese first and then i met squirrel through cheese uh I forget what org we were in together, but I also met Huntress around that time. And I was taking a break from orgs at the time. And then Squirrel was like, you should play this org. It's unlike anything else. Like, it's a ton of fun. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I'm very glad I did, despite my placement. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, like what, I guess, I don't know, the... <laughs> the phrase like unlike anything else i don't know what did that actually mean to you or what kind of did you actually like have ac uh, expectations or ideas of what alliance was going to be at all 
Uh, not really. Um, Squirrel just mentioned that it is hosted really well, and the cast is always very dynamic. Um, but the thing that made it, once I started playing, I was like, whoa, these these challenges, they're, they're really involved. They're so unique. Like, typically, a normal Survivor Order will be like, okay, make make your tribe flag. Now play <laughs> stupid mini clip games. <laughs> and like... <laughs> No, I don't want to grind things out for 24 hours. I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to do things like that. So it was it was just a breath of fresh air just having challenges that you could tell the host put a lot of work into thinking how they would work and make sure they were like anything else. Good, good. Uh so you applied uh about middle mid late uh September. Season starts October 1st, 20 21 jeez uh <laughs> <I know. laughs> my years are all fuzzy um and so uh this uh nexus park was the second time we'd had a cast as big as 18 people and so you join the marooning channel alongside the other 17 folks that you're going to be playing with and so as somebody who'd played as many orgs as you were there any people playing that you recognized or might even have known yeah, I knew SMM. Uh, SMM's a gem, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to them. Um, I recognized a few other people just from having similar servers, but SMM was primarily the only person that I really knew. Okay. Uh, I don't think we knew <laughs> that. I don't, because I, I, I think if we had, we probably would have put the two of you on a diff- on different tribe. Um, oh, we, we didn't like metagame or anything. It, no, just, of course like, not. Of course not. I just, it made it easier to just like skip the um the i guess you could say like the small talk at the very beginning of the game yeah no i obviously don't mean i don't think anything came of it either way but um you know i think especially knowing that the season was going to be one without swaps um we wanted as little you know uh familiarity as possible Mm -hmm. Um, but of course you can't know everything about everybody (laughs) No matter yeah, how hard you try, which is fine. Um, I don't think it was a big dish. It big. It wasn't really a big deal. I don't think this season any in any direction. No, I don't think so either. But after the season, I've since become pretty good friends with Waxler. Oh, nice. Who is awesome? We never really got to talk in the game, but I'm glad I ha- I got to know them now. Yeah, I I hope he. Uh, is is willing to do one of these and and tell us about his experience as well i think i can get crystal to force him twist his arm oh i hope so i'd love to hear that (laughs) uh all right so you get through marooning um and you're you end up sorted onto the orange mirth tribe you're with bramble cat choco beans court jimmy smm spavi trip and waxler uh and so you know i think there was about a day before the first challenge started uh which was the ferris wheel Mm -hmm. and that um anybody who's watched or been around alliance knows that our first community challenge is a 24-hour challenge of some sort i would say with a fair bit of confidence that this is the least intense iteration of that challenge that we've ever done and so you had you know you just rode the ferris wheel for an hour got a chance to talk to 
some people across the tribe on the other tribe from you on your own tribe this that, and the other so pretty laid back first couple of days um what was kind of like your first impressions of everybody on your tribe how did you feel you were fitting in what yeah so court and i got along really well right from the start um everyone was relatively active i guess um but i would definitely say court smm and to some degree waxler a little bit were probably the three people that i hit it off hit it off the fastest with um bramble cap a little bit as well but that took a little bit longer to develop just because of our schedules mm. yeah so that that was a solid start i felt like i was in a, a decent position to start i didn't feel like i was going to be an immediate target um but also left a lot of room for building more connections mm -hmm. yeah a tribe of nine people so um relatively speaking there's a few places to hide in a tribe that big um and uh it kind of comes down to in a challenge like ferris wheel activity level is obviously a big point either in your favor or against you mm -hmm. uh, in this one you had you could ride the ferris wheel at maximum 10 times over the 24 hours and that was the main thing that we counted as far as where immunity was went so nine people you could ride at a maximum of uh 90 times and uh, unfortunately while you and six others on your tribe rode it the full 10 times uh spavi riding it eight times trip was nowhere to be seen and uh that is a big part of why you lose the first immunity challenge unfortunately yeah which led to a pretty easy vote out I mean, yes. it's, it's always nice on the first vote to have kind of an, an easy out, I guess. Mm -hmm. I do a little bit more time. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, how do you... I think a lot of people who play a lot of orgs, or, or I guess maybe not a lot, of, maybe that's not fair to say, but I think there's a stigma around people who play a lot of orgs that um, they generally play a more under the radar game in the pre-merge and then like they kind of turn things on around the merge or whatever um how how, how are, for you specifically like how do you view like the pre-merge part of the game how important do you look at challenges and doing well at them and that sort of thing i think for pre-merge it's important to be active when you can but you know not being over the top but making sure you build connections early and set yourself up for a good position um, I wouldn't say I play under the radar during the pre-merge. Mm -hmm. um, I like to be a little bit more active to show people that I'm there, willing to make connections and build on those, but keep it very open, keep a very open mind on with who I can work with, moving into whether there's a swap in a game or it goes directly to a merge, just having those options readily available. Um, and like definitely want, after I would say like the first couple challenges, you really start to get an idea of who you can start to trust, who you can uh, really work with and have similar similar strategies and wavelengths. So I think that's important during the pre-merge. And then merge using those connections, I kind of tone it down at the beginning because people start to target threats at the merge. So immediately I want to tone it down and just see where other people are at until moves start to be uh, a little bit bigger you can start to think of 
different strategies with the people that you have built connections with. And that's where you kind of like rise above and really put a stamp on your game. Mm-hmm. No, that, but makes, it's that makes sense. It's tough, right? It's definitely a balancing act because <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to do too little too late, but you also don't want to be a huge target the whole game. So you kind of have to balance that. Yes, definitely. It's one of my favorite sort of topics for discussion slash debate about the game uh, in whatever format it, it takes on is the the balance of playing the game that wins you the votes at FTC versus the game that gets you to FTC and and not being so out front and obvious not being too far behind everybody else and there's it's it's an incredibly difficult line to walk yeah definitely and I think I think there gets a point let's say around like final final seven final eight you start to realize like if you have any agency in the game or if you your only goal at this point is just to make it to the end and maybe get a few pity votes (laughs) Uh, hopefully that yeah that's that's a disappointing (laughs) can be a disappointing moment uh, of clarity yeah (laughs) Uh, so yeah, you you and you, you and Mirth go to vote, pretty unanimous, nearly unanimous vote on Trip. There is one stray Waxler vote uh, thrown into the mix, and um, I don't know how. I don't know if this was obvious based on the uh, sequencing that Trip also did not vote at this tribal, did not show up to vote. So I I'm not sure. I don't know. Like. You, did you assume uh, at the time that the vote for Waxler had just been Tripp's vote? Yeah, we kind of talked about that. Um, I talked about that with Waxler, and we kind of knew that Tripp self-voted, but we also weren't super worried about one straight vote. Could have been someone else who was just like, I don't know, maybe close with Tripp and just wanted to shoot their shot or to throw away a vote or something. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a huge concern for the first vote, but it was definitely a topic of conversation. Okay. Um, all right. So that brings us to the next immunity challenge, Space Cadet, uh, modeled after the Disney World ride, uh, the um, Buzz Lightyear one. Uh, in it, you kind of like you and a, another person sit in the same like car and you kind of go around and you shoot targets and stuff. And in this, you're paired up with somebody on the other tribe, and every like minute or so, um, we would send a new prompt into the channel you were in, and it would have a couple of different ways for you to score points on like doing math or solving, uh, you know, unscrambling word or sorting something in the right order, this, that, and the other. And whichever of the two of you did it first got those points. And then after a period of time, the prompt would delete itself and you know, you lost your chance to get those points, sort of. Um, uh, I forget how we asked you to pair up. Uh, I want to say that you just kind of ordered yourselves the way you wanted to. Um, yeah, I think it was from, like, strongest to weakest or something like that. Okay, that sounds right. Uh, so you end up fifth and matching up with Nay over on Euphoria. Nay, baby. <laughs> um i don't know do you remember much about this challenge not a whole ton i don't think i did that well though 
uh no not not terribly well uh, <laughs> um there were a hundred points available throughout the course of this challenge uh and while no nobody really no pair of people got super close to that mark i don't think anybody got over like 85 points as a pair um you and nay combined for a total of 24 points and you ended up contributing nine to your team's total as it was um yeah i don't know it's uh, it's tricky because like it's not fully a speed challenge it's also a little bit of like you know kind of on the spot problem solving types of tasks and things like that um I don't know, is that something you feel like you would be good at? Or did you kind of go into this concerned? Or I don't know, what? No, I felt okay about it. I think it was just... Part of it was like availability. And then the other part was just like not... I don't know, I think I wasn't checking as often as I should. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Um, The way this... I I knew I wouldn't like get every point. Or anything like that, but I thought I thought I would have done better than nine. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, the way this one was set up was it your individual matchup wasn't the result of that wasn't the most important part. It was just a an aggregate of points um, between your team and the other team. Uh, so every point mattered, and uh, unfortunately, uh, despite <laughs> some. There, you know, the the scoring across both sides varied wildly to, um, from one person to the next, and from one pair and matchup to the next. But in the end, it was Euphoria with 179 points to Mirth's 147, and so you were going to be heading back to Tribal Council again. Um, so the second time out, you don't, I don't know, did it feel like it was like trip? 2.0 or was there a lot more going on this time i would say like trip 0.5 <laughs> so i was a little bit more active than trip but i'm not sure if something came up it was just unfortunate timing that when we did go to tribal they stopped being as active mm. um so it was, it was another pretty easy vote out for the most part i think okay yeah i i remember him having a connection to court um both during and prior to the season that like you said i think i think availability and um i think his job or something were just kind of too big of hurdles to kind of overcome and be as present as he wanted to be unfortunately yeah which it's definitely unfortunate because up to that point he had been you know at least at least social and one-on-ones when he could be Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was just bad timing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he he puts his vote on court on the way out, and... which is interesting because you just said that him <laughs> and court had a relationship. Yeah, um, I think. I'm not sure. Let me see. I can. I'm sure their DM channel isn't that long. Um, I I would ask. I would say like maybe I'd talk to him, but I don't think I will because I like his account's been deleted so i don't know i don't have any way to get a hold of him um he broke him <laughs> that just broke oh, him. no i hope that's not true 
Um, but yeah, no, they were definitely like very, um, you know, positive with each other. And I think, I think he votes for her just as like a way to like put some nice things on a parchment with her name on it. I don't know. Um, (laughs) so uh, yeah, that sends Swahi, uh, out in 17th and, uh, we, we press on. Um, now there's a 9-7 imbalance between the two tribes. So uh, for Carnival Games, the next immunity challenge, they get to sit a couple people out, Jordan and Taylor. Uh, in this one, you're once again paired up with somebody. This time we gave you uh, types of people, types of players to assign yourselves to, uh, like accurate, athletic, calculating, crabbiest, etc., and you ended up being, I don't remember, uh, you weren't one of the ones that got switched around after we had already started assigning people, were you? No, I don't think I was. Okay. Uh, I really need to figure out who those who those people were. But uh, suffice to say, you and Bird were paired up as the accurate players. And you were engaged in the game of the shooting gallery, which... Um, I'm trying to remember how this worked. So you had six shots in your uh, gun, I guess it was. And you had to hit as many... You could hit up to six targets. Each target was worth a different number of points. And each target had um, a string of letters that you had to sort alphabetically. And so some of the targets were worth one point or two point or three points. And then just however many points you ended up with, whoever had more wins. Um uh yeah, uh tell me tell me about this. <laughs> so I I'm not a big fan of I don't understand how people alphabetize so quickly. Mm-hmm. Normally my strategy is to post the original message in chat, like in my in my uh text bar mm-hmm. and then rewrite it alphabetize. And there has to be a faster way to do it. I just don't know how. I know, I know some people have said there's like solvers for this type of thing, or they'll use I think like Google Sheets or Excel or something, and like, oh yeah, and then like, just sort, yeah, <laughs> split it up into um, yeah, one letter in each cell or something, and then I'll sort it that way. Uh, the one thing we did for this to try to mitigate that is that we posted all the strings of letters as an image, so you couldn't just like copy and paste them. Um, you at least have to go and type them into the thing that was sorting it for you, if that's how you approached it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this did not go your way either, unfortunately. Story of the season. <laughs> Bird gets a, I think, I don't know if it was a maximum score, but it was close. Bird gets 11 points uh, on their six shots to your two. Um, I think uh structurally the way this was set up was once we started it every message you sent used one of your ammo so miss or hit you only got six messages to do the thing yeah uh, yeah and so this time unlike the last challenge it wasn't about score it was just whether you won your matchup or not seven matchups four wins is uh immunity so this one ends up going to euphoria uh, they're also going to win the lucky challenge, 
and the quick challenge, but Mirth will get their first immunity win by taking the other four, uh, Calculating, Krabby, Observant, and Athletic. So first, uh, first immunity challenge win, you get a day or two off, always nice to get those. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like I feel like with that, it's kind of nice to just take a breath, especially when you've been back to back tribals. Mm -hmm. The good thing about going to tribal so early, the first couple of rounds, is it, it forces you to talk to people and build connections. Whereas if you have days off and then maybe you're sent to tribal like the third challenge or the fourth challenge, you probably haven't taken as much time to get to know people. Or maybe you took time to get them get to know them on a more personal level mm -hmm. but i think going to tribal really forces you to talk game a little bit more so you know who's thinking the same way as you who's sharing information and stuff like that yeah because i think it can it often seems like it can be difficult to especially if you're not doing it early to make the transition between uh more personable social conversations to strategy talk i think those there's like a it's a tough like um segue in in a lot of conversations to do that with if you're not being forced to do it already yeah like you might you might have like the occasional talk if you're not going to travel being like oh who do you feel good about like mm -hmm. something along those lines but that's probably about the extent of the strategy talk and it's it's tough and i think this is a both a both a trap that people fall into and a trap that people um do their best to avoid and i think both ways it can it can be problematic for your game which is like if you're not going to vote like that night or the next day you don't you can't it's really difficult to like commit to something because there's with how much however much time is going to pass between that statement and when it is going to matter so much can change and you can all, you just be setting yourself up for failure later down the line. Um, so you have people who either won't share how they feel about stuff or will say, Oh yeah, I love everybody. Everybody's great. Like there's we're, we don't have to vote anybody else. Like, I'm not going to say that I don't like anybody, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so yeah. So euphoria gets to go to their first tribal council, lucky them. And they send Lord Shamrock home. Do you know why that was? Uh, I think it's a so two people end up not casting votes at that tribal, which are Spenjamin and Taylor, and um, it's a five-two vote with Shamrock and Nay voting for Spenjamin. Uh, I know Nay had bonded with Shamrock; she'd liked him, wanted to work with him, and but I think. For the rest of them, it was mostly a just him not like he had sat out of the challenge before this one and he had been their least present person, I think, on the Ferris wheel in the first challenge, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he only did two shifts in that one and everyone else on the tribe did 10. I think I think those things kind of built themselves up a little bit and then at this point it was a couple of people who just weren't bonding as much with him as they wanted to or had been able to bond with other people uh i think i remember bird saying something in their confessional about 
uh, I think the day that tribal <laughs> happened about um, like, oh man, Sham Shamrock's talking to me today. Like maybe I don't want to <laughs> vote him out after all, that sort of thing. Where just like somebody put it out there, it that the ball got rolling and then it was just kind of too much to stop it for most of them, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah. And so Shamrock's gone. We're down to 15 people. And at this point, I don't know, like, I don't know what, I feel like most of the time you, you, you know, when we, when we did the first, the first season of Alliance, it was a 16 player cast of two tribes and I did a swap at 12. And that was the only swap that season, uh, with a merge at 10. And one of the things I felt since then that we've kind of changed is it was because of when that swap took place, it was so late in the pre-merge stage of the game that the people who swapped to the other sides were kind of at a disadvantage and everyone had already bonded so much with their original tribes. Yeah. So I think every season we've done since then that had 16 people, if there is a swap, it's happened with before we've gotten four votes in um so obviously this is a bigger cast so you know who knows how long the pre-merge was going to be but three challenges in and then you get like the announcement of a fourth challenge and the roller coaster is posted for everybody like as was there a point where you're like maybe we're not going to swap or like something weird is going on yeah after so after the shamrock photo there's a lot of talk about swap. Um, a lot of people expected it, especially people who had been in the server for a while and watched a few seasons. I was just taking their word for it since I hadn't. <laughs> I didn't really know the lore of Alliance. So I was like, oh yeah, there's probably going to be a swap. Like, let's make sure my my alliances are in order. So like, no matter who I get put on a tribe with, I'm not just like put on my own, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that didn't happen. No, it did not. Um, yeah, I I guess I had had the idea for these cross-tribe DM channels, the neural links we ended up using. Um, I kind of think that was like before High Seas even happened. But it was, some, it was a while, a much earlier. And um, it felt like it made sense to me that if you were going to be able to talk to people in the other tribe as an advantage, that if we had a swap that like forced you onto the same tribe as that person, that kind of like ruined the advantage almost. Um, and so I, I remember we sort of sculpted things around that in that sense of like, okay, let's make a lot of challenges where we can get the people to talk cross tribes with each other and, you know, make these bonds that they're going to need when they get to the merge, that sort of thing. Yeah. In your opinion, do you think people took advantage of that early on in the game or a lot, or were some people just doing a challenge and that's about it? I think I think it was kind of overlooked in the Ferris wheel. Um I think at the Space Cadet challenge I think we saw a little I think Darcy did it a bit with SMM, the two of them bonded a bit there and I really think that was it at that challenge. I don't think we saw much happening until we got to the carnival games. Um, I know that uh, I know Darcy and Waxler 
<laughs> spent a lot of time in their channel for the challenge because and i think in that challenge you couldn't talk to anybody else except that person while after you did it until the challenges had finished so i remember right. that the two of them talking a lot uh, after theirs was done and i think there was a few other conversations as people i think people some people were starting to pick up on like well, maybe there's more to this or something something fishy is going on um and then i think that it's kind of like where it stops right because like you don't get that opportunity at the roller coaster. You don't have that opportunity um, with White Knuckles, the go-karts. And uh, there, there wasn't a ton of space for that to happen at the challenge after that either. So uh, I, I, think, I think it happened a little bit. I think a lot of people, if I asked them, would say, yeah, I wish I'd done it a lot more, probably. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I talked to Nay at all. Mm -hmm. Like maybe a few extra messages, but not a ton. Right, because I think for people who have played a lot of orgs before, you're probably not expecting to have that liberty most of the time. And for the others who had not played an org at all, <laughs> they don't know like how the protocol works. And I think usually in a scenario like that, you're more likely to be reserved than forthcoming in, with, uh, with stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think if people recognized it earlier maybe like if one or two people recognized that they could get information and then they started sharing that on one-on-ones mm -hmm. i think people would have been more advantageous to do the same but i don't think the trend ever really caught on yeah no i agree i agree um all right so let's let's talk about the roller coaster challenge uh oh yeah it got me dizzy <laughs> So, uh, this challenge you're on, you're just within your own team and we modeled basically segments of the average roller coaster, um, after different tasks that you had to do as a group. So you climbed up the hill, you counted one, two, three, four, five, six as a group, one at a time. And then you went down the hill, you went down at like 195, 90, 85, 80, and so forth. Um, there was a splash area where you had to post pictures of water. There was a picture area where you had to do a scavenger hunt, all this sort of stuff. There's audio involvement on a bunch of different aspects to it. Um, but the, the, the sort of focal point here was you had to work together as a team uh, competently <laughs> to do this <laughs> entire set of tasks faster than the other tribe. Uh, so unfortunately like and this is maybe part of what leads to what's going to happen like even from, from the very first challenge of this season mirth has never had the opportunity to sit anybody sit anybody out you've always been down in the numbers that's not going to change so i guess like <laughs> you also didn't uh, you were also the victim of smm's uh inability to read the rules at the very start of this and just immediately start uh the the timer without waiting to like discuss anything with anybody else so i don't know what what's this like for you how did you feel about this as it well, unfolded <laughs> well let's start from the beginning <laughs> i had a few friends over that night um and we were drinking and then like smm just started and in hindsight, I obviously shouldn't have like participated in some of the things and just like 
just let the sober people participate and just like <laughs> done a couple of things and i got like i got way drunker than i expected and i decided to do the speaking one <laughs> which was a bad decision um so yeah that led to my demise quite a bit i think before that i was in a a fine position but i definitely ruined that challenge for for mirth and there's no other way to say that i I ruined it for them. I basically cost it. So, yeah. That's I mean, it's funny looking back, but <laughs> I mean, it was funny in the moment for for a lot of people that weren't doing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like you said, it. You know, it was while yes, we. I'm not sure. I think there were one or two uh, components that. Um, we're kind of like, all right, you know, we need, you need everybody to be involved in this some way, shape or form. Uh, but like there weren't, we also had to set it up in a way where, okay, well, obviously we want to have it be more flexible than that <laughs> if we can. So yeah. most of the tasks could be done with less than seven people. And even the ones that would have required some, a person to do something um, had, you know, like a penalty component in case they couldn't that uh, i don't think i don't remember how much we we had penalty stuff that we had to do but i don't remember how much of that uh ended up being a factor with as far as like participation is concerned um so yeah i i, I don't know I, I think there's definitely space to have approached it better from your end i think there was a lot of space to have approached it better from uh, the start when SMM jumped the gun. Uh, and I think those two factors, uh, I think were the biggest played the biggest role in the outcome. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but I think SMM kind of dodged a bullet due to my <laughs> performance. Yeah, I'd say, uh, cause let's see. Yeah. The, the voice channel was the helix of the roller coaster and uh three people had to do it and when you were ready to do it i i sent you a sentence in your confessional that you had to say on the video channel and then the other two people who didn't receive it in the, in their confessionals would have to repeat it based on what the first person said um <laughs> which i think starts out fairly straightforward and then by the time we get to the third one it's insanely long i tried to make it as long as i possibly could um i don't remember which one you ended up getting but i think i was second okay um yeah so i gave it i gave it a couple goes and i should have known not to do it but i think there are only three or four people online at that point hmm. um so a majority of our tribe wasn't online and we needed three people so i said i would do it i was not in the state to do it um so yeah and i just swapped out i think that's how it went but it was enough time to definitely cost our tribe to challenge yes it's uh with penalty including penalty time for both sides uh the margin ended up being 28 minutes um uh you ended up with about five more minutes of penalty time than euphoria did and so going back to tribal council uh, obviously um, contributed negatively uh, during the challenge 
but you weren't the only one. So how do you, I don't know, like, how do you handle the aftermath of the challenge? What could, I don't know, like, is there stuff you can think of now that you should have done or could have tried to do then that you didn't? Um, the first thing I did was just own up to it. Hoping people realize like, yeah, this is kind of like a one-time thing. Sorry for that. Um, but I think by that point, I think probably from the time that we lost, it was already decided I was going to be voted out and there wasn't a whole lot I could do about it. I scrambled as much as I could and just like uh, tried to work with like court and SMM and just see if we could switch the vote onto anything or anyone else, but it, it was too late. And I think even though, like, like you said, SMM may have started the timer a little bit early or way too early, <laughs> but mine was the vocal mistake. So like, that's way more memorable than starting a timer too early. And I wasn't going to throw SMM and under the bus because SM SMM and I were pretty close at that point. Right. Yeah. So unfortunately there wasn't, there wasn't too much I could do. I tried my best. I tried to scramble and try to make it a little bit lighthearted. Um, but with just like our other two tribals, people were just going to go with the easy vote. Uh, so did, so when we get to uh, tribal council and, and whatnot, was there any, I, I guess with the scrambling that you had done, did you feel like you'd made any progress that you had anybody that was going to vote with you? No. <laughs> were you then surprised to see a second Jimmy vote? A little bit. Um, I don't know. Was that SMM? Uh, it was court. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I think I think I was closer with court just because of the age, age difference between SMM and I. Mm -hmm. um, so court and I had like a little bit different conversations, which I think made us a little bit closer. But it's nice to know that court had my back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But yes, it is a 5-2 vote against Brendan. And uh, that is where the journey ends, unfortunately. Well, at least I made my stamp on the season. You did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I um, when I was talking to Taylor, uh, he said that he doesn't generally play these games to win he play as he described it he plays them to get invited back in a future season basically which that's what taylor said about me no no he, about himself about himself oh okay okay but i i think you can kind of distill that down to like being memorable doing you know whatever you wherever you get voted out whatever happens um doing something that the viewers the players the hosts whomever remember that you were in that season <laughs> that you left your yeah. mark on it and uh it's not always a positive thing that people remember you for but um you did no. it <laughs> i did do it i did get invited back you did yeah absolutely um, um it's funny though like some people in orgs just take it way too seriously in my opinion like there's they take every every vote personal and like they want revenge about everything and like I don't understand people like that. It's a game we play for fun. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. I I would so much rather be lighthearted about it. And I do play to win, and I think I play a pretty good strategic and social game. But 
at the same time, like if I get voted out, I'm not gonna like curse anybody out. I'm just gonna leave like good luck, have fun. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a spectrum for sure, and uh, there's, I mean, I, I, you know, I think that's part of what makes it kind of interesting. I though is is figuring out the way people are going to react. You know, obviously, you don't want people to constantly be, I don't know, shouting obscenities and and. Uh, taking everything to the grave and, and that sort of uh, exaggerated response to stuff, but um, navigating the people who are, aren't really going to mat or aren't going to mind if you, you know, change your mind about being in a, an alliance with them or whatever versus the people who that does matter. Your word is more important to some people than it is to others uh, is, is part of it. And yeah, and it's really funny how well that simulates real survivor like jury management is a real thing if you get that far mm -hmm. definitely so you have to be very aware of people's people's approach to the game and their personalities yes uh so i guess after you're voted out did you keep up with the season at all or much um for the first couple votes i paid attention pretty significantly um but you know how busy spec chat can be <laughs> so yes. it can be overwhelming so i would just check in like every couple days and just see where people are at ask for an update message or something mm -hmm. um so I, I loosely followed uh did you have any thoughts or opinions on the trajectory of the game post brendan um or anything that... I was kind of I was kind of surpri surprised to see SMN voted out uh, at eleventh, I believe, right? Yes. Um, I thought they would have made it a little bit further, but I also understand that SMM can be overly social. <laughs> uh, kind of an odd way to <laughs> phrase it, given the season, but I, yeah. I get what you mean. Um, I'm really glad Court made it so far. I thought Court played a really strong game from what I saw of it. Um, and I think Waxler, I think Waxler had the potential to win. Um, they definitely kicked it on after merge, but I think a lot of the vote outs make sense. Um, the merge was kind of interesting to check in on because a lot of people definitely turned it on a lot more. Yes. Yes. Very, uh, it was, uh, you know, we've had a lot of, a handful of seasons, I would say, where when you get to the merge, it's kind of like two even even with swaps in the pre-merge it's it ends up still feeling like two sides kind of doing battle with each other and then this season that had no swaps didn't even didn't feel that way soup a ton um i think everything was a little more broken up than yeah. than it could have been which was a nice nice to see yeah even just looking at the boot order it's pretty it's pretty mixed in terms of tribes mm-hmm yeah and this was um bird basically clutched out like the last couple challenges right uh yes they did they won final five and final four immunity yeah yeah i don't think that's super surprising bird's always really good at challenges yes yes they are very strong at the challenges yeah i think yeah i think the boot order kind of makes sense 
And like you said, it's good that it wasn't just two dividing sides and people were willing to be more open. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I don't know. Is there anything else from the season or tangentially related to the season that you wanted to talk about? Um, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I, I, I have back pain. Uh, That's that not I, good. Yeah, I mean mentally and and emotionally i'm fine physically i'm i don't feel like i'm 31 <laughs> i feel older <laughs> than 31 right now but um it's it's one of those it's one of those like pains or injuries or whatever you want to call it where it's not it's like it's definitely there and it's persistent but it doesn't feel severe enough to like do much about if that makes sense yeah it does uh, i mean I, I have the same thing from playing football and rugby for so long where it's just like even just like sitting for too long my back starts to sleep start to be sore Mm -hmm. or like sleeping in the wrong way it definitely hurts a lot more than it used to (laughs) yes yeah it's yeah it's it's that type of thing and um maybe maybe it'll go away that's my hope (laughs) I'll hope i'll just wake up one day and i'll be like oh yeah i feel good now um but yeah i i other than that i'm doing well work continues to progress on on the new season and uh i'm a big college basketball fan and that is really popping off right now so who's your team i've always been a fan of florida i have no idea uh, i don't i never i didn't go to florida um i never even like been to their stadium i don't think i've ever been to gainesville where it is but i remember when i was young one of the first March Madness tournaments I watched, uh, they went really far in as a like four or five seed. Um, That's like before Joe Kim Noah, isn't it? Yes. Oh yeah, I was there when when Noah and when they went. That was a great time for me. <laughs> that was so much fun. But yeah, this was like uh, mm, I can't remember. There was some guy on their team. I think he ended up being a reasonably decent pro, but I. I forget it was like in 2000 i think give or take Uh a year uh but yeah i always liked them since then and uh got had some good times and since then it's been a little little less 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 fun but it'll get better yeah no it's still it's still enjoyable whether your team's in it or not uh especially next weekend will be just hours and hours and hours of of basketball on the tv yeah i'm excited (laughs) for it definitely i need to fill out a bracket still shoot well they're not out till sunday oh really i thought i thought they were starting to release them this week there are conference tournaments are happening this week and i think sunday night they'll finalize the bracket gotcha well that's good to know at least i'm not late for it yeah well we're gonna (laughs) i'm sure we'll do a thing in the the hq with like vip as a reward or something for men and women sweet yeah so no uh i guess did you watch the premiere of the new survivor season i did it was nuts (laughs) (laughs) any any hot takes uh um okay this is not about a specific player but i honestly didn't like it as much as a lot of people did the episode as a whole yeah okay i mean i understand it's a lot of fun to watch because it's so chaotic but it's kind of setting up the season for people to try to make big moves way too early 
and setting up for a lot of stupid strategy and like like trying to vote up brandon that early was stupid when he's basically the only muscle they have yes it's it's known that he has an idol but the mm -hmm. idol's not gonna hurt you first vote unless you make a big deal about it like let it let it be known to everyone he has an idol but you don't want to vote him out <laughs> like i thought that was just stupid yeah it felt a little i don't know what the right word is but it, it was it was messy and yeah definitely messy yeah and I, I i agree with what you said like messy is fun tv and i think it's you know it's fun in the moment i think usually and then like the further away from you you get you're like oh, well that's kind of a disappointing outcome in hindsight and you know it might not be felt in the show for like a couple of weeks but you're like oh man if they hadn't done if they hadn't wasted all their shots in the dark and idle paranoia and big move itis stuff in the first episode maybe maybe they'd be able to do yeah. something this time who are the two people that played the shot in the dark it was like it was matt. uh jamie and, and matt matthew yeah yeah so i think i actually think matthew's strategy was kind of smart there because he was pinned in the middle mm -hmm. it seemed like and i feel like him using his shot in the dark he knew it would mean he didn't have to vote or he wouldn't get to vote which he can basically go back to the tribe and if people are like why'd you use this shot in the dark you knew you were safe he could just say like oh i panicked and i didn't know if i was actually safe but then he still didn't have to pick a side because he didn't vote yeah he he also has a really nice uh excuse of you know basically dislocating his shoulder uh that's I mean, we've seen people with injuries not get voted out before um, yeah. in the past, but it's, it's, you know, in the same vein that, like, Brandon has most of their muscle. Matthew's not a small guy, or I think he's short, but, like, he's he's stockier. Um, yeah. So, like, he's he's got strength, and if he, if, if he can't bring that to the table, he had to sit out of the challenge, you know, that's... Yeah. And I think, uh, who was it, Claire, who was sitting on the bench... And was talking across tribe. I thought that was an interesting strategy. Yes, yes. Yeah, I feel like we should... I don't know if that's like one of the first times that that's actually ever happened or just the first time we're getting to see it, but... Well, it's not often where people on opposite tribes get to sit out together. Right. So it probably is one of the first times that it's happened. Yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, I feel like that's... I don't know, especially with like Jeff's focus on the challenge and everybody doing the challenge. I feel like that's an opportunity ripe for information and kind of like an exile island alliance type of scenario. Yeah, it's. I'm excited to see what happens throughout the season. I might need to rewatch or at least skim through the first episode before tomorrow. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully it's as dramatic as it's been to start out with, but not as messy in the yeah. same way would be nice. Yeah. I'm also hoping for new challenges. <laughs> the way they do them, they're so <laughs> reused and there's, it's like do an obstacle course, then do a puzzle. And it's always like the same thing, the same swim, obstacle course. Swim a little bit, carry a thing. Yeah. It's... I don't know. So I hope I hope they bring back some like maybe some older challenges that they've used before, but not since like 
not since like old school Survivor where challenges were more unique, or they just come up with some new ones. I agree. I I that's definitely been something I've disliked. I guess I think when I first started watching, one of my favorite things were the challenges. I thought man like going all the way back to earlier seasons where you'd have jeff read tell you a story <laughs> or yeah. um you know you'd have to uh i remember like they had those like memory ones where you'd like pull the lever and like the the sheet would come down in front of it oh, and yeah. to arrange the objects like things like that it was like really neat um they, they weren't terribly like quote unquote difficult they were just or complex i guess they were just pretty Fun. straightforward and, and exciting and I, I, yeah, I don't know where it was. Some I feels like it was around like see, like the late twenties, season thirty, where things really just started to become obstacles, swim, solve a puzzle. I think that was around the time where they moved to Fiji full time, mm. so it makes sense that they reuse a lot of the same challenges because they probably just keep all the infrastructure there. That's true. That makes sense. So they don't yeah. have to rebuild anything. Yeah. If you want like fun and interesting challenges, you should watch Australian Survivor. <sighs> we really need to do that i really liked it um because we we were about halfway through that first reboot season uh and God, i feel like we were watching it like two years ago it's been forever we probably have to rewatch a couple episodes we've already seen yeah that's, but that's probably still one of the weaker seasons but it's it's pretty good yeah i i think i see people talk about it uh in like the hq and stuff and like how you get more time every week on the episodes, which is something I've always hated about America. The American version uh, is how little time they should get give us on a weekly yeah. basis. Um, it's I would say the season that's going on right now. It's all returnees. It's heroes versus villain, mm-hmm. and it's maybe a top five Survivor season of any, whether it's American or Australian of all time. It's amazing. Wow! Nice. No, I've heard I've heard only good things about Australian Survivor. Definitely. Well, all right. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I'll see you in HQ. Yeah, absolutely. See ya. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. If you'd like to try your hand at Alliance, our applications are always open. You can find more information by visiting AllianceSeasons.com. Our 12th season, Hidden City, is now casting and will likely take place during May and June. Apply now and enjoy a myriad of off-season things in the meantime. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be to say goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to say Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.